trials and tribulation got you down? Pastor Xavier Reese says that's the time to look up. Let him ask of God. The statement is a command to the believer that finds himself in a trial. Those of you who have been walking with God for many years understand this. And you and I can look back on our lives and see where we've trusted God and we've seen God work in great ways. God denies no one who asks for wisdom while going through trials. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. This simple truth from James chapter 1 is a promise that every believer in Jesus Christ can boldly claim. When we face situations that are beyond our understanding, there is a lifeline. God will give wisdom to those who seek Him for it. And though He's promised to give it, we need to receive God's wisdom as boldly as we ask for it. Here's Pastor Xavier with an ever-timely verse-by-verse study. James chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 5 through 8, and the message is entitled, Counsel for Trials. James now continues to deal with the trials of believers that are to be welcomed with all joy and now deals with the process of faith being tested in order to be reaching that goal to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In verses 5 through 8, James commends the believer to pray through their trials which is characterized by three things. Let me read here verse 5 to 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, without doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from God. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. James commending these believers to prayer through the trials is characterized by the following. First, verse 5, turning to God for perspective through trials. Turning to God for perspective through trials. Secondly, in verse 6, trusting by faith to benefit from the trial. And then 7 through 8, turning from faith forfeits all for the trial. Let's begin here. Turning to God for perspective through trials in verse 5. Notice James declares in the beginning of verse 5 there that every believer needs help from God to get through trials. Basic principle. If any of you lacks wisdom. The statement is building off the previous verse, verse 4. Notice patience is to have its perfect work in verse 4. The purpose or goal being that the believer be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now the purpose of trials, we said, is to make us well-rounded spiritually when we saw that text. In growth, development, and maturity. The reality is that when the believer is going through trials, they lack heavenly insight. We are confronted with the difficulty, the pressure, the confusion, or the sudden event coming upon us. 
Notice the word is picked up from the previous verse in the positive. Lacking nothing. The word lacks now. Same word. It means to be destitute of something. Not having possession of it. Now it's repeated after the style of James form of writing. But now in the negative. So he makes a statement and he picks that same word and carries it to the next one. And we've seen this already. Just in these few verses that we've seen in the beginning of the epistle. The tense is the indicative present middle voice. Having the right to ask continuously as an individual. Notice the thing that all believers don't possess naturally is divine wisdom. For the trials that they're going through. It doesn't just come upon us all of a sudden. There are certain things that we have by God. The believer is a child of God. He has the mind of Christ. He has the spirit of Christ for the life of Christ through the word of God. And we understand spiritual things and we can see things that others don't. But there are certain things that God holds from us specifically that we might seek him, that he might endow to us, that we might see our need of dependency upon him. So the believers to be dependent on God for particular and specific wisdom for and through the trials that come upon us. The word wisdom, as you know, Sophia's, in general definition, it's a proper understanding and application of knowledge for the best result. There are many people who are very knowledgeable on various matters, but they're not very wise. Knowledge is information. Wisdom is the understanding, the assimilation, and the application for the best result. There's a great distinction. Now, notice the believer cannot look to human wisdom then alone to have the proper insight and understanding to maneuver and to direct themselves through the course of these trials because human wisdom is tainted and at times it is evil. Therefore, God's wisdom is needed. If you um, lay a scenario before some of your friends that are not born again and ask them their counsel, from their perspective, their counsel is wise. From your perspective, it may be evil, even immoral, because you have a different standard. But even we ourselves, if we look at that scenario where we're going through and we decide to do what we feel like doing, what we think we should do as fair rather than what we should do as being Christians, we can turn to that which is evil and not right before God. Because we're looking for the benefit of ourselves, rather than the end result that God's trying to bring about. The word wisdom appears three more times as James contrasts the two wisdoms. In chapter 3, verse 13, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. He's talking to the believer. This is divine wisdom. In chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. It ignores the wisdom of God. It leans to its own understanding, as the proverb says. It says, lean not to your understanding. All your ways acknowledge him, and he shall bring it to pass. Be not wise in your own eyes. Depart from evil. The third time is in verse 17 of chapter 3. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Great contrast between the two. Now, the wisdom of God is essential for the trials of the believer to understand that they are to count them all joy. Without God's wisdom, we wouldn't count them as joy. 
And we don't always kind of enjoy it while we're going through them or at first. But after the fact, we would not change those things for nothing. We're able to see the wisdom of God, the goodness of God, because we come out less like us and more like Him to understand that the testing of faith produces patience, to understand that allowing patience to have its perfect work is for the purpose of growth, development, and maturity. God doesn't put us through trials simply to make us squirm. Notice the second part of five. James declared that every believer obtains this wisdom by going to God in prayer. The statement is a command to the believer that finds himself in a trial. Listen to the words. Let him ask of God. The tense is the imperative present active. It's not a suggestion. You see your child in trouble while he's riding his bike and you're teaching him. And he's going down the street and he's going to run into a car. You say, hit the brakes. It's a command. You don't say, uh, it'd be nice if you hit the brakes. Because you know that in that command, if it's obeyed, it's going to benefit him, right? Though he may not understand. This is to be going on continuously in the life of the believer when going through trials. Those of you who have been walking with God for many years understand this. And you and I can look back on our lives and see where we've trusted God and we, we've seen God work in great ways and we've seen when we failed too. And we're going to look at some of that. Literally, keep on asking with the idea of persistency. And the Bible teaches in many parables Jesus taught being persistent. But Jesus taught in other parables too, just to ask and believe and not be persistent. In fact, he told Paul, don't ask no more. Three times I sought him and that's it. He says, forget it. I've answered you. No. Wow. Jesus uses the same word teaching on prayer on the Sermon on the Mount. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you in Matthew 7, 7. And in many of the teachings of Jesus about prayer through the Gospels. Now notice the one being asked is God. The one who is omniscient. Sometimes when we're praying we think we're, God needs information. So we think prayer is giving information to God. Prayer is really aligning myself with the will of God. The one who is omnipresent. He cannot be ignorant of anything that is going on. So once again, information is really worthless, right? That's something we have to make certain facts, state them, but I can fall into the habit and error of just giving information. The one who is omnipresent, he cannot be overpowered or omnipotent. He can't be overpowered or defeated by anyone. So really, prayer is, is really a blank check. And when I send that blank check, I've signed it, but God's checks need two signatures. Mine is worthless. Mine's a petition. If he signs it and sends it back, I can cash it. If it comes back no, then I can't cash it. <laughs> Notice the readiness and willingness of God to impart the necessary wisdom is absolute. God denies no one who asks for wisdom while going through trials, who gives to all Liberally, he gives continuously. The manner is liberally. It means simply, openly, generously to meet the request. 
and the need. He doesn't hold back. You know, if you go somewhere and, and, and somebody, hey, you want some Coke? Yeah, and, and, and if they're stingy, they go, hey, fill it up. When we ask, God pours it out. That's what he's talking about here. This is the only time this word appears in the New Testament. Now, notice God does not give reluctantly to the one who asks for wisdom while going through a trial. He says, and without reproach. The word reproach means to revile or upbraid or cast on in one's teeth. The idea is of scolding or making one feel fearful or unworthy of asking, giving with reservation. In other words, God doesn't say, oh, now you come to me. (laughs) Or, are you now going to listen to me? It's about time. Get yourself out of this one. I mean, if God would talk to us, we talk to each other, he would never do that. He receives us. As long as we see our need of him, we go to him and he accepts us. And he imparts to us. God gives wisdom to all who ask going through trials. Listen to his words. And it will be given to him. The wisdom that is requested is provided for the trial. The phrase will be given is repeated again. The tense is the indicative future passive and indicating the certainty as it's needed in the trial. You remember that two harlots came to Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3 for judgment. They both claim that the child that was brought before Solomon was theirs, but reality was one of the harlots slept, turned over in her sleep and killed her baby. And so she switched the babies of the living child of the mother that was sleeping. And as they came, as you know, they both pleaded their cases. And, and Solomon says, take a sword and divide the child and give half to the one and half to the other. Well, the real mother says, no, let her have the child. Solomon said, um, give the living child to that mother. She's the real mother. All of Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered. And they feared the king for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. That was his request when God appeared to him. What do you want, Solomon? Give me wisdom. I'm like a child. I, I don't know how to go out and come in. He said, because you have asked wisdom and not the lives of your enemies, not gold, silver, or anything else, I will give you all. Solomon was an incredible evidence of God's wisdom at the beginning. The book of Proverbs has much to say about The wisdom of God. The opening, the introduction, listen to Solomon, chapter 1 of Proverbs, 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, the simple is a fool. To the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning. And a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a problem and an enigma. The words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. In that same chapter, verse 20 to 33. Wisdom is personified as a woman speaking to the simple. He says wisdom calls out aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourse. At the opening of the gates in the city, she speaks her words because the gates were the place of judgment, the place of business where the elders stood. 
How long will you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdain all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terrors come. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish comes upon you, then they will call on me. But I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore... They shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Proverbs 4, 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all you're getting, get understanding. Proverbs 8.11, for wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. Most people don't believe that. They'd rather have the rubies, but they end up with dirt clots. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 16.16, how much better to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Proverbs 21.30, there is no wisdom and understanding or counsel against the Lord. Nothing. The Apostle Paul, you remember, rebuked the Corinthians for depending on worldly human wisdom rather than the wisdom of God through the Holy Spirit. Let me give you some verses. In 1 Corinthians 2.1, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, meaning the wisdom of the world. In chapter 2, verse 4 through 7, he says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. We talked about maturity last time. He's carrying it over now. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. In chapter 2, verse 13 through 16 of Corinthians, as these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, the third person of the Trinity. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The problem is, we don't put it on. Philippians 2.5 says, put it on. We have it. It's like having clothes. You got to put them on. They don't do you any good in the closet. We got to put on the mind of Christ. The wisdom of God is only available through Jesus Christ. 
Paul again, 1 Corinthians one thirty. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Colossians 2.3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Psalm 90 verse 12. Wisdom. Turning to God in prayer for wisdom is to give perspective through the trial. Being able to maneuver, to grow, develop, mature. Notice secondly in verse 6. Trusting by faith is to benefit from the trial. James describes the condition of the prayer for wisdom by the believer here. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. The certainty of the giving by God, and it will be given at the end of verse 5. And the uncertainty is only if there is doubting, the second part of verse 6. The condition is a command in the positive, the second in our text, the second imperative here. The phrase, let him ask, is once again that imperative present active. Continuously ask. The command is to meet the need of wisdom for the trial that that person is going through. The obedience to the command will begin the process of patience and move towards the product of spiritual growth, development, and maturity through the trial, lacking nothing at the end of the trial due to the wisdom provided by God. And many of you have experienced this. You've seen God's wisdom carry you through some horrific things. When you would wanted to do something else, respond or to say other things or to handle it different. And God said no. And you trusted God. You sought him. And he imparted to you the wisdom. The condition of the petition is faith. The word faith in this context means a strong conviction of belief and trust in the promise of God. It's not talking about doctrine. What we believe is the conviction of what we're believing. The fact that God will impart wisdom to the believer whose faith is being tested through trials. Faith is the complete confident assurance that the revelation of God's word is his bond. That he cannot lie. Notice then the positive command is emphasized and strengthened by the negative warning. The phrase with no doubting means literally to not separate or make a distinction. The one asking is not to be believing God for the wisdom and then not believing God. They're not to be wavering or vacillating in their judgment of faith about the wisdom being petitioned. Notice the person basing his or her petition. It's based on three things. They are a child of God able to have access to God. Secondly, they are coming through the proper mediator, the name of Jesus Christ. And thirdly, they are coming in faith, believing that God has promised to do for them what they cannot do for themselves through prayer. Pastor Xavier Reese with a reminder from James chapter 1. When it comes to help in times of trouble, we're to receive God's wisdom as boldly as we ask for it. 
Now, you can hear this message again, if you like, online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And as we've had to break only partway through this study, we hope you'll be back next time for the conclusion. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up your own personal copy. And the title you want to ask for is simply Counsel for Trials. It's available on CD for just $4. Now, that title, once again, is Counsel for Trials, or simply mention today's date when you get in touch. And you can address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure you tell us the call letters of this station when you get in touch. We use this information to help us measure the efficiency of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 